Hi, I'm Megan Francis. And I'm Dave Kroc. And this is the Life Work Podcast. In this show, we'll explore what it really takes to build a business while designing a life that matters. everyone. Welcome to episode 1.1 of the Life Work Podcast. I'm Megan Francis here with my co-host Dave Kroc. Um, Hey Dave. Hey, I'm well. How are you? I'm great and I'm excited to kick off this show that we've been talking about for so very long now. Um, This first episode, we're going to do a little bit of kind of setting up the premise of why we're doing this Mm -hmm. and the theme for our first week's worth of shows is why. And uh, that might become a little more clear as you're listening to the show. This is about uh, the dreamers and the doers and the people who are thinking outside of the box and trying to build a life, and a business that work really well together um, and having room for both. And I think that requires us sometimes to do things a little bit differently than the average person might. And I think if you ask yourself the question, why I even bother? (laughs) Yes. Why even? (laughs) Why even bother? It can lead to some good... It can lead to some some answers that are um, that can kind of help you make the right choices for yourself. So, uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about why this is episode one point one, huh? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't want people to be confused. Here's what Dave and I are doing: we are trying to build an experience throughout a week's worth of episodes, and so each week is going to have a theme, and the very first episode of that week is going to kind of introduce that theme. And then throughout the week, we will build and offer, you know, more practical episodes where we talk about tips or tools or techniques or all of the T words um, that we could think of tricks, any other T word that works. And then on the Thursday show, or at least we will release it on a Thursday, you of course can listen whenever you like, that will be our interview for the week. And we've got great guests lined up, but there'll also be great content throughout the week. So we're really trying to build this experience. We want you to wake up in the morning and think, what are Dave and Megan rattling on about today. I'm going to find out. So if you want to find out a little bit more about our background, we have a couple of bonus episodes where we actually interviewed each other. And those are already available um, either on iTunes, if subscribing there or wherever you're subscribing, or you can find us at lifeworkpodcast.com. You'll find all the show notes and all the episodes there now. I don't know. Eternity. Into infinity. (laughs) Into infinity and beyond. And possibly beyond. Yeah. So today, Dave, did I did I hit it all? Boy, that sounds that sounds like a nice summation. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, we've I mean, been working on this for months, and yes. I think that that you did a great job of summing up the the point why right. we're here. Why right? we're here. Yeah. Yes. Um. And you know, I I will also be really honest and say it's taken us a long time to get these first few, you know, episodes or weeks worth of episodes in the can, but that's because we really wanted to make this a different experience. We didn't just want to get on and talk about what we think only, although I think. I think we have some pretty great thoughts, but I didn't want that to be the only thing. And I didn't want an interview to be the only thing. And so we were trying to figure out how to have there be this out, outside voices and then our thoughts and maybe incorporating at some point your thoughts, people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're doing here. This show is life work. It's your life's work. It's that's your right. life and it's your work and all those things that go with that. So for our very, very first episode, we are literally going to answer the question, why? 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 Why um, even? Why even? Um, Dave, you want to start sure. someplace with, with that? Like why, you know, we've talked a little bit in our interviews with each other, why we chose the paths that we, that we did um, in a real specific way, like why, how we literally got to where we are now. But as from a larger perspective, why do you think some people just aren't, I guess, 
naturally created to fit that mold. Mm -hmm. Why? Right. That's a great question. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I grew up not somebody who might be thought of as an entrepreneur, somebody that would be thought of as a risk risk taker, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of fell in love with it. Um, I knew I was a creative person. Um, from the time I was little, I was banging on stuff with other things. So my parents knew I was going to be a drummer at some point, which I ended up being. Um, and you know, I'd like to draw and things like that. So I was a creative kid growing up, but I never, I wasn't the kid that was selling the baseball cards and was, had worked Mm. out the, you know, the, some of the, the cool little things that, that many of you out there that are listening did when you were younger. Um, it sort of, sort of fell into my lap a little bit later. Uh, through a series of events, which you can learn about in the uh, the podcast interview with me. But um, I, I think there's something different about the way people think. And I think who are entrepreneurs, I don't know that it is some, uh, we can get into the nature versus nurture right. discussion here. I don't know that it is something that is always there from the start from yeah. when somebody's born. I think, I think if you think about it, a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, almost everybody was an entrepreneur, right? That's true. You, you did your trade. You, you were a blacksmith or you were a farmer or you made shoes or you, you know, made milk or were delivered ice and, and harvested the ice from yeah. the, you know, you did that all yourself. So in many ways, I think that was just part of the nature of our economy right. at that time. Now, over the course of time, you know, you had larger businesses, the industrial revolution came along and you had larger businesses that built up. So it actually became easier just to go and work for somebody else right. without having to go through all the things that I know all of you out there have to deal with right. on a daily, day-to-day basis with your businesses. Um, or those of you who are aspiring to do it, I'm telling you right now, just get out right now while you can. <laughs> just don't turn around. I know you're not going to listen to me. <laughs> just kidding. You won't be able to help yourself. It's worth, it's yes. worth it. It's yeah. worth it. it. It'll feel like it won't be, but it is. But so now fast forwarding again into sort of the information age that we're kind of, we've been in for now, yeah. you know, 10, 15 years now. I think the opportunity for people to be their own boss, to work independently from any location, mm-hmm. to have something that they can be passionate about and find enough people through the internet across the world that are interested or want that. I think the opportunity for people to be entrepreneurs now is probably greater globally than it has ever been throughout human history. Mm-hmm. So I think in a way, more and more people are starting to think about, I can do things for my, on my own. Yeah. I can take what I'm passionate about or I can see an opportunity and I can capitalize on it. But the difference is most people don't learn the underlying pr- principles or the skills or think, have the mindset to think in that way. And I think there are certain books and interviews and things that we've all listened to that sort of opened our eyes a little bit to that, you know, things that maybe changed our mindset a little bit. And once we could start to see those opportunities and start to see what we'd have to do to capitalize on them, I think, for, that, at least in my life, that's what, that's what happened with me. And so I got the entrepreneurial bug yeah. and, and then it become a obsession it's become a, a virus it's become it's an infection viral. it's viral at this point I, I i got a salve but i just won't use it and you know well two two things came into my mind while you were talking and one is um good because i was just rambling you were just I, rambling you were no, hoping i was going to take this and I'm make like, some please, something good out of it please shut me up at some point um okay so two things came actually things that i think are relatively intelligent dave um one is the idea that not only is it easier to make this an entrepreneur than it has been if yeah. not throughout human history then then maybe since takeover of the man and the sure. corporation is becoming more necessary than it maybe has been in a hundred years i mean if you think about our parents generations and generations before that there that was when you got a job and then you yeah. stayed at that job and after 35 years you got your gold watch and your pension and you were set and that was what everybody did and, and that has not been the case for a while and i mm-hmm. think 
there are people who have been clinging, kicking and screaming and, and trying to kind of still make that happen. And I think kind of seeing the writing on the wall here that, yeah. that, um, you know, my dad's life or your dad's life or whoever, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever was happening then is not happening now. And, and that fluence of factors mm-hmm. may never line up that way again. And I particularly, don't really want it to so sure. it works out yeah. for me yeah. so some people might end up in this lifestyle because they kind of have to mm-hmm. and some people just are drawn to it in the first place and the other thing that you mentioned um and it, this ties in beautifully with the why question and when we're talking about motivators is you know you were talking about the kid on in the school selling baseball cards yep um everybody comes to this for a different reason and right. you know the first grade huckster may be the person who really is genius at coming up with really profitable ideas and they don't much care what it is they're selling or doing because for them, the beauty is the game. The beauty is the, you know, is how to make something this, how to make this big or whatever. And for other people, I think my first entrepreneurial um, endeavor was in fourth grade. I wrote a little newspaper and Mm. sold it from my desk and I didn't even have carbon paper. I rewrote the whole thing. I rewrote, like I wrote it on a piece of paper and then I rewrote it and it would sell it for like a quarter to kids in my class. And I made, I mean, nothing, but, but for me, like the, the act of making something that someone else would find helpful or amusing was where it was at for me. So there's always, and none of those are right or wrong because there's people, we we all need those people who are thinking about the money and the bottom line and and the dollar signs just as much as we need the people who are thinking about creating something amazing. I mean, like it all works together. So well, yeah. we're not done already, but I think I just summed it all up. <laughs> and that's about it. And that's it. Uh, that's the last episode. It was yeah. it was a three episode show. <laughs> yep. And we're done. And back to our regular lives. Yeah. No, I, I you said some awesome stuff in there, and and I think you talked about the game. You know that some people kind of get addicted to the game. Once you learn how to create value for someone else, who will then take their wallet out and pay you for it. Mm-hmm and find those opportunities and capitalize on them. I mean, that is in essence what we do. I mean, those of us that are drawn to business, all business is, is finding out what people want, need, and can afford, getting it and giving it to them. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, right? I mean, there's lots of nuance to that and what, what people want and understanding that, but that, that is really what boils it, it boils down to. And, and I think people that have can see that way, as opposed to thinking, I'm going to do this one aspect of what a business does well um which again like you said there it takes all of us to do this and in many ways i think when i when i talk to a class that isn't focused on entrepreneurship where people are are focused on getting jobs or developing their careers or whatever in reality today everybody is their own business if they are an employee they are a business their brand brand. what they bring to the table the value they bring Mm -hmm. i mean the income that you receive whether it's an hourly rate or you know, stipend or whatever it is, is directly proportional to the value that you provide the world yeah. that you capture, you know? And, so, and people expect to move around now. Absolutely. So it's not just keeping it in one place. Yep. You're taking that with you yeah. into where in a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. It's the free new... agent lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you think about it, the whole, the whole, uh, I guess modern day, uh, world economically is conspiring to produce more entrepreneurs. And so that's what this show is about. I mean, yeah. our, our show is about both the balance of building the business, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that you grow, the thing that you are, are proud of, but also not losing your soul along the way. Right. You know, that you're building your life and you're designing your life to work in concert with that business you're designing. Because yeah. quite often, so many people get focused on, you know, we talk about the why, quite often we get focused on things that are not 
what we would determine as our, our big picture. Yeah, you know, absolutely. What we want. I feel like this would be a good time for us to take a quick moment to talk about um, ourselves and what we do, just in case people who are listening sure. to this very first episode didn't listen to bonus episodes, A and B or whatever we call them. Where we kind of we're tell very, our we're story. very very concerned about the naming mechanism here, folks. So let <laughs> we, us know. <laughs> we've spent a lot of time kind of debating like what to call these different episodes because we definitely want this to feel like one complete, you know, complete the whole set. You know, there you please go. listen to every episode. That's right. Um, but we definitely want the themes to be organized. So anyway, mm -hmm. if you if you like it, if you, if you hate it, eh, we might not change it. But if you like it, let us know. Indeed. <laughs> so anyway, Dave, you want to go first? Like tell just, you know, a little bit of a snapshot and then anybody who wants more can dig back. And, sure, sure. Okay, so I'm Dave Kroc. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, 15 years ago, I had no money, no job, no prospects, had not gone to college. I had nothing. And um, through a series of events, including one single U-turn that I made back mm -hmm. in March of 2002, um, a literal U-turn, a literal U-turn, which mm -hmm. again, listen to the episode, um, my life changed And 15 years later. Um, I've, I've started more than 20 companies have built more than 15 of them, um, have done everything from small time real estate investing to acquiring a $10 million business to picking a business from zero in sales to a million and just all the different ways that we can be entrepreneurs and whether I'm doing the work and I'm the face of the business or I'm developing something yeah. with other people. So um, I've just fallen in love with it. Um, the creative process of growing a business and, uh, I can't stop. So again, it's an infection. Um, I'm Megan Francis and I, uh, also began my entrepreneurial journey about 15 years ago. Um, 14 for me, but anyway, I was, I had two little kids third on the way and was working, um, kind of just a average, boring, not particularly profitable, um, office job. And had always wanted to do something for myself. I had actually tried out the uh, direct sales route a few times. I am a I'm Mary Kay dropout. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, and other, you know, home party things of that ilk. Only because I loved the idea of having a product that was mine. Right. And then finding my own customers and, you know, this idea of unlimited, the unlimited, like however hard you work. Right. Is how much you will receive or how much benefit you'll get. But what I realized was even that model was too restrictive for me because I really also didn't want to have to follow their corporate policies or any of that stuff. I wanted to really do it on my own. So that, that was a total failure for me, although I did give it many shots. Um, and I wound up becoming a freelance writer and kind of in a moment of desperation, here I am about to have a baby in four months and I didn't want to go back after my maternity leave. I did not want to go back to work full time. And so I thought I need to start selling my mm -hmm. writing. I had no formal background. I had no education in professional writing. Um, I just learned a lot and kind of figured it out as I went and was able to build a great career with the, out of that, which eventually, and I've written four books um, and published four books. I always say I have to say published because a lot of people have written books. Have written stuff. Yeah. <laughs> They're sitting on their hard drives. Yep. But I've had four books published. Um, and then kind of went into a route where I was doing a lot of professional blogging and now I'm focusing mostly on content marketing. So, um, my business is primarily online and in the digital space. I also want to mention that Dave and I live in the same town. We are sitting across from each other at the same table at the same table. And I think that's kind of a rarity on yeah. these shows. I, I don't think that there's a lot. Um, we live in, a, and, and the other thing about it is we live in a small town. We are not, you know, we live in a small Midwestern city. We are not living in New York or the Bay area or Silicon Valley or any of that. Like we're not in the, the hot spots where people seem to think they have to be mm -hmm. to make a go of this kind of mm -hmm. thing. 
Um, we're just you know, like in this town of 10,000 people and it's, it's a very nice place to live, but you For wouldn't sure. think of it as a hot spot. Nope. Um, quality of life is great. Yeah. Quality of life is great. Staring at the big blue of Lake Michigan yep, out the window right now. That we the beaches. Are. Yep. Great place to be. It is. So gosh, okay. So I think that kind of summed it up for us both. Yeah. And if you um, want more backstory. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I do want to include in this episode, can you name some of the publications that you've written sure. for? Sure. So people have an idea. Oh yeah. This well, is not, I was, you're I, not, we're not talking small blogs with a hundred no, readers. No, no, no. I've written for um, a lot of, okay. So if you've seen a newsstand magazine, chances are good I've written for it. So for anything from parents and parenting and good housekeeping mm -hmm. um, to the Washington Post, the Huffington Post. I always think it's funny that people are the most impressed by the Huffington Post. That's the one that gets people the most excited. Mm -hmm. Like really, they don't, they don't even pay people. Uh, New York Times, like <laughs> I've been all over the place. It's actually kind of hard to come up with a list. It would probably be easier for me to tell you magazines and publications I've not, You've written, not before. written for. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's so what's on your hot list? What's the one you haven't written for that you want to in case that connection is out there? Oh my gosh. I would actually at some point love to write something for the Atlantic. And that is one of those now, because I didn't go down that traditional journalism path, sure. maybe I'm not going to say unattainable, maybe the inroads I'd have to make to get to that point where I'd be considered a legitimate journalist. <laughs> now that I've gone down the evil road of marketing, I don't know. It's hard to say, but it's, that's something I, re I always read and think, oh, I'd love to be assigned like a 13,000 word story. Awesome. So it'll happen. Yeah, it'll, yeah, it, it, I think it will. Or maybe I'll be featured or you'll, in an article. Or so. you just buy the Atlantic or and I'll just make buy it happen. It. You know, there's lots of ways this could work out. So <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So anyway, so we, where are we out now? Where are we at? Well, we've talked about the why. We've talked about mm -hmm. the, the concept of entrepreneurship, the, yeah. the idea of both building a business and designing a yeah. life. And that's the subtitle to the show, Build Your Business, Design Your Life. Well, let's talk life. about that. We haven't talked yeah. about our lives. We talked about our work and we have not talked about our lives yet. Sure. So when, again, we're talking about the why, um, besides me really wanting to not have be limited by how much somebody else decided I could earn, right? Yep. Another big thing for me was obviously my family life. And at that point, that was a huge motivator. Probably that was my biggest motivator at that time. That was what created the urgency around it was that here I have this family and I feel like I'm going to work every day and I'm not making as much money as I, I could be or that I felt I had the potential to. But I also was trading my life away for that sort of subpar check, sure. <laughs> paycheck. Yep. Yep. Um, and I wanted more time with baby. I wanted more time with my kids. I wanted to, I wanted to call the shots. Um, so for me and now, and now I have five kids, um, my husband, John and I, and they're older now, like my youngest is seven, seven the other day. So that I'm in a very different place than I was then, but still that idea of being able to take them on vacation if I want to, yep. or someplace myself, if I want to, or sure. work out at 11 AM, if I want to, or I want to be that person sitting in the coffee shop at two that everyone's like, why is that person in the coffee shop at two? Look at her. She doesn't even have a computer <laughs> open. She's just sitting there like a <laughs> lunatic, just drinking coffee. It's, shouldn't she be working? I mean, yeah. it, just that idea that I could decide was, that was the life. That's the lifestyle design piece. Yes. How about you? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, and we're going to talk a little bit more in the next episode about um, a book and some concepts that had really changed my life. But the idea for me was I, I hated the idea of the nine to five. Um, you know, every time I, that I, in my last job, the last job that I had way back when was actually, I was telemarketing magazines. I was the lowest oh, of the low in telemarketers. And, and I'll, I'll be darned if I didn't get some of you suckers to buy some magazines <laughs> over the phone. Um, and who buys magazines over the phone? No. And I mean, now this was 15 years ago. <laughs> I know, but so, it's, it's so 
This funny model. Yeah, I mean, it must work. It apparently. It's for somebody. I mean, I, I literally made tens of dollars at that time <laughs> doing this. So there's there was some there was some some uh, cash on the table there. But um, you know, I just I despised the idea of the nine to five. I despised the idea of doing something. And and again, this part of this had to do with my upbringing, right? So I didn't have, I didn't go to college, and I didn't have mm. sort of like the predefined I want to do this with my life. So that right. probably had an impact. So I would take the odd jobs. I would take, oh. I would take jobs that didn't really kind of tie into where I wanted to be and what I was passionate about. Right. But, so I just absolutely hated the idea of the nine to five. Um, so I was driven towards when I discovered the idea that you could grow a business and you could design something yourself. I was really turned on by that, and so. Um, I think that led me down the path that I've gone on, um, from a life standpoint, you know, I've always had the dream of early retirement. Um, I'm currently, as we sit here, I'll be 37 next month. So I'm kind of in the mid thirties range. Um, I'll admit it's the mid thirties at this point, getting towards the late thirties. And I always had the goal to retire by the time I was 40. And so I can see, I can see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, I'm getting there. I can actually see this is what would have to happen X, Y, and Z to get there. And, to get and, there. and, and so one of my goals this year is to actually set the date of my retirement party. Wow. That's so awesome. to me, that's been a driver for a long time. Now, as most people who kind of dive into this lifestyle would say, I'm not going to stop. Right. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go sit on a beach you, and do nothing. I think it'd be great to do an episode about what that would look like. You know, retiring at 40, really, what is that? Well, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to be in a rocking chair. No. Although that does sound appealing. <laughs> Maybe yeah. part of the day. Part of the day. Yeah. I think I would, well, let's not go there. I would, I would take some time off and yeah. I would do the nothingness for a while. And, yeah. then, and then as soon as the boredom hit, it's time to go back in the yeah. office. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the idea of having, having the work life be subservient to the rest of your life. Right. As opposed to, you think about it, I mean, some of the best hours of the day during the course of a working life are given to something else. And most yeah. of the time, most people would, I mean, there's a huge amount of dissatisfaction people have in their jobs. Yeah. So many people are disengaged, um, would, you know, walk away in a, in a heartbeat if they could. The idea of saving up for retirement is such a daunting task. And more and more, it's on the back of the actual worker to, to be responsible for that themselves. And so I just, dis, I just did not like the idea of that whole uh, in a way it's a facade right so the, yeah. se- the security of a job is not really that it's not and, and we we definitely are going to be diving into that yeah. that more as that idea of security um only secure while you have your job that's right and then you know i think that people who are used to doing things for themselves when when there's a downturn in the economy or those layoffs they are much better positioned to be ahead of the curve right. you don't want to be the one of 200 people suddenly looking yeah your job in the same industry all at the same time. That's just not a good place to be. And that does not feel like security to me. So no, no. Um, tomorrow we were going to be digging into that idea a little bit more because you're going to talk about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which mm-hmm. was a very influential book in your life. Um, just, and you know, it's not going to be a hard sell in the book. We're not, you know, no. we're not partnered with nope. the author. Um, but it's more about how that reading that changed your, your mindset and, and your thinking. And then that's going to lead into other episodes about passive income. And then on Thursday, we're going to be interviewing Clayton Morris, um, which is also going to be great. So before we wrap up today, though, I wanted to mention something. We were talking about security and yeah. why people are doing what they're doing. I, I remember when I was working, um, and I just had forgotten about this until this very moment. When I was working in my office job, I had this thing where every Sunday around five o'clock, I would get this like free-floating anxiety where my heart would start racing for no reason. Like, mm. I had nothing to worry about. It wasn't mm-hmm. like 
I was going into some scary meeting the next day and I would just start to feel terrible, like just like almost like a panic attack. Hmm. And I, I Googled it for some reason because it felt, I just noticed it was happening like every Sunday night and it's a thing. It, there's like an actual, wow. this is a phenomenon where people become anxious and upset because their weekend is running out. Wow. And I never wanted that to be me. I never wanted to live, you know, to work for the weekend. Right. And um, one of the best, the best whys for me is that I feel just as good waking up on Monday morning, sometimes better. Uh, yeah, than sure. I do waking up on Saturday morning. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to start my week. And that for me is a huge why. Yeah. Another uh, sort of mindset reset that I like to think about too is when your why is big enough, the how becomes easy. the idea that when mm. you, your purpose is strong enough, you find a way to make it work, especially if you can see some of the ways that other people have done that. And so yeah. that's our, that's our goal for this show in many yeah. ways is to help guide people through that. And then for people that are, you know, more successful than we are or have pursued the path, we, that's where, who we're interviewing and to find yeah. out, you know, what can we learn? Because anybody anywhere along the path can teach somebody else uh, wisdom from that, that perspective. So um, I know I've learned probably more things from people that work for me than, than I've taught them. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's great. Love it. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to wrap this one up. So um, tune in to episode 1.2. If you're listening to this on Monday and you're like a new listener like the day we launch we're so excited but most likely you found this and there's already a few out so yeah <laughs> give them a listen and tell us what you think you can email us at hello at lifeworkpodcast.com or find all of our show notes at lifeworkpodcast.com thanks for listening to the life work podcast build your business and design your life with us every day monday through friday and find us at lifeworkpodcast.com 